Welcome to Two Side Outdoors. Your hunting, camping, fishing, survival techniques, and everything outdoors. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. So today I got a pretty special guest on here. Um, Chris Flores from Muddy River Catfishing. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever seen a lot of his YouTube videos about flathead catfishing and blue cats and I think there's some other species of fish. Isn't there, Chris? Uh, mainly blues and and, uh, and flatheads. I've I've done a couple of other stuff like alligator gar. We got to do that one time and some red fishing up in San Antonio. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, but yeah, let's introduce your, yourself a little bit here. My name is Chris Flores, Muddy River Catfishing on YouTube. We've been making YouTube videos for 11 years now, believe it or not. I've actually had some young men come up to me from time to time to say, hey, I grew up watching your videos, and it kind of throws me for a loop, you know? Start thinking about how long <laughs> I've actually done this. But when you take a 10-year-old kid and add 11 years of YouTube to that, yeah, 21-year-old guys, like, I grew up watching your, your YouTube channel. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, yeah, just, just the other day, I was actually talking to a guy from I think he's in Ohio somewhere somewhere back east on TikTok and mm -hmm. I mentioned something because I think he showed me a video or something of one of your rods and I was like hey I know who that is and he's like oh <laughs> you do I was like yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, cool yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was definitely something interesting seeing how like recently, I think you had, who was it, the catfish cowboy guy? Yeah, the fishing cowboy. Or, yeah, yeah, the fishing cowboy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's up in Maryland. Yeah, and I, I was watching yeah. some of his videos too recently, and it was just kind of crazy. It's like him going from mainly like blue cats and stuff to catching flatheads out there with you. And I was just like, dang, he's total different experience right. there for him. Well, he did it right. He named his, he named his channel the fishing cowboy so that doesn't that doesn't pigeonhole him to one species you know i did that uh to myself maybe really catfishing and honestly i'm okay with it but uh had i had the foresight like if i wanted to grow my channel and do different species or even different different uh things besides fishing i could have gone muddy river outdoors or something to that effect you know no yeah uh, that's like how so, like I went with my, my podcast thing as well. It's like I went to something outdoors. Right. Yeah. So people starting out, if they're wanting to name their channel and uh, they're not sure what to do, I would recommend they don't get too specific because then you'll end up pigeonholed like that. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I love, I love catfish, and so I'm totally cool with it. Um, any other species, I'm, I'm just not as excited to fish for you know no uh, yeah so yeah i just it fits me perfect no that's that's cool um so like some of the questions i'm gonna ask like one of them why did you get into guiding why did i get into guiding you know i've always enjoyed fishing and i've always enjoyed sharing 
my passion for fishing. And so one of the things that I wanted to do is figure out how I can share it aside from the videos and stuff, which I've, I've enjoyed. And I think the very, the, the biggest difference is when I was making videos, I just throw it out into outer space and I didn't, I didn't know if or what kind of impact if at all mm-hmm. it was having on people. You know? uh, guiding is completely opposite. It's like a firsthand experience. You have the person right there. You put them on a fish and, and a lot of times they're catching a, a bigger fish than they've ever caught before. And, and you're a part of that. And no, it's yeah. just, you know, there's no, there's no way to describe it. It's just, it's amazing. Um, a lot of it is perspective. I, when I first started guiding, I, I wanted to put people on fish that I considered big, which is like 20 plus pounds or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was really hard on myself because if I took people out and we only caught like a 15 or a 10 pound fish that day, I was, I was disappointed in myself. But then I realized that that 10 pound fish for that person was like the biggest fish they'd ever seen in their life. <laughs> You know, no, and um, so I said, oh, you know what? It's all in perspective. So these guys had an amazing time. They caught, they caught their personal best fish and they have a story to tell for years to come, you know? So I love that. I love that passion, sharing it, seeing the enjoyment. And the cool thing is that it doesn't matter if it's a five-year-old kid or a 90-year-old man, when they catch that fish, that's the biggest fish they've ever caught they all light up the same way, like a Christmas tree, you know? Oh yeah. It's just that adrenaline, the excitement. Cause like yeah. recently for me, so I've only ever caught two, two flatheads. My first one mm-hmm. was a eight pounder. And mm-hmm. that one was a spur of the moment, little fishing trip at night. It's like I got home. My wife said, Oh, so whatever plans that we had, they got canceled. So, I know you're ready to go fishing, so go, take off. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. took off, caught a little bit of bait, went out, and I was probably out there for maybe about two hours, and boom. <laughs> it was right. it was something else, and I was just like, this is awesome. My, my first flathead. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. And then just recently with um, Joseph's tournament that he had, I caught the, the uh-huh. smallest catfish. A little one pounder. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> still counts. No, no, yeah, I, I still want something. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I know how we kind of like talked about that. You you really enjoy catching mainly catfish and stuff. But are there some of the other species that you do enjoy from time to time? Um. You know. The other day, or I won't say the other day, I guess this was, let me think back to, I think it was September of last year, October of last year, somewhere around there, we did a catfish conference in, in Kansas City. And as I was driving out, I told myself, I said, I'm just going to focus, I'm just going to drive out there, do what I got to do and come back. Because usually I plan fishing trips all the way up and fishing trips all the way back. <laughs> I for whatever reason I, I lied to myself and I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go work and come back. And so as I'm driving out, I pass this lake. It's called, it's, the name of it is Ute Lake. It's U-T-E. U-T-E. Lake. And, yeah. And I, as I'm driving past, I, I notice it's like literally 
five minutes from where I'm at on the on the main highway. So I had to take a little detour just to see it because I'd never been there before, and it was this beautiful lake. And I'm sitting here staring at it with no fishing rod, no nothing, you know, that I could oh, cast a line into it because <laughs> I promised myself that I wouldn't go fishing, you know. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm kicking myself about it. I said, okay, on the way back, I'm going to stop and buy me a little, you know, a little Walmart rod or something and, and a, <laughs> a lure. And so I did actually. I, I stopped and I got me a little one of those GX two fishing poles, uh, and uh, bought me a little topwater can of worms. And I went out there and I just planned on fishing the whole day there, just one day for myself. And I got into a bunch of smallmouth. I caught me some walleye, caught some some bluegill and oh, some nice. white bass. And it was just a blast, you know, because that was the first time, and I don't even know how long that I had no obligation. I wasn't guiding. I, there was no, there was nobody that I, I had pressure to put on fish. Didn't matter what species I was catching. I was just walking around the coves, casting out a line, and was, letting these fish hit the top water. It was, it was, it was fantastic, man. So, no, it's just, it's just you having fun, basically. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had a good old time catching some smallmouth and some some white bass and some walleye and stuff. So yeah, you know, if I can get out there and do some fishing, yeah, I don't mind. I'd, I'd love to get out and just fish for whatever. But my passion is with the catfish. <laughs> so yeah, that's like one thing. Ever since I moved out here to Yuma, was my mission was to try and catch a flathead, and I didn't uh-huh. accomplish that until just just recently. And I've only been here. What is it? Eleven months. So it okay. took took me about a year just to catch something. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad, actually. You know, sometimes deciphering these flatheads it, it takes it takes a little bit, you know. And uh, I know it took me forever to to figure them out because that was the one species that always eluded me. And back in my day, there was no internet. You couldn't just go search on find a YouTube video on how to do it. I would read in fisherman magazine and I would, I would read catfish insider magazine and take tips from that and then try to apply it here where I fish. And I mean, finally, I want to say my first flathead, I was probably about early twenties and I had gone out to that little muddy river that I fish and Mm -hmm. threw out a, a bluegill on a big old hook that I thought was ridiculous because I'm thinking there's no fish can eat that big old bait, you know? <laughs> and, uh, when I caught that first flathead and he was, he was about 20 pounds and I looked, he had the bluegill in his mouth. It was, it just looked like a little snack. And I'm thinking, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now this makes sense to me, you know? Yeah. So I'm, just, I'm even surprised <laughs> on how they do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they can eat. They can eat a third of their body weight, is what they say. So imagine. Oh wow! Now it's like that little one pound one that I caught. I caught him off a small little. I think it was a baby tilapia. Uh huh. And I had him sitting on my tailgate, about to weigh him, and the tail of the of the tilapia was still sticking out of his mouth. And this guy, so a little one pounder, he's fairly small, just like probably right around like ten inches or so. Yep. And it started swallowing that tilapia as i was sitting there well he was just sitting there on the, yep. on the tailgate and you see him start gulp, gulp, gulping it down I was just like what the <laughs> heck's going on my fish would have been smaller <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. Uh, just to give you an idea, I was, I was pretty set on trying to catch me a monster flathead one day. And I, I went out on the river and I took, I took some three pound carp for bait, right? Mm-hmm. Live bait. And, uh, I put this live three pound carp on and I tossed it out and sat there for a while. And all of a sudden my rod just starts to bow down and I'm thinking, Oh baby, this is going to be a monster. You know, my, my heart skipped a beat and <laughs> I, I was getting nervous and I said, all right, just be calm, be calm. It's a big bait. Let them eat it a little bit and then, and then, and then hook them. So I gave him a little bit. One of the, one of the tricks that I do when it comes to flathead because they bite differently is when I think I'm ready to hook it, I count another 10 seconds. And then that extra 10 seconds will ensure that I, that I hook them. Right. It's giving me a better probability. Of yeah. So taking this big bait into consideration, I gave him a little while and I finally reeled down and I, I hook into this fish. Right. And I, I start fighting it. It doesn't really feel heavy or, or, like it's biting and I'm thinking maybe he just doesn't even know he's hooked, but I ended up rimming it in and it was a 12 pound flathead that ate that three pound bait. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big bait. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So as I've seen from like some of your videos and how like CPR does work, do you ever keep like a small one every now and then for like dinner or something? So yeah, every, every once in a while we'll have a little fish fry. People seem to think that I eat a lot of fish, I guess just cause I'm always fishing, but I'd say we have a fish fry maybe like two or three times a year, you know, nice. not very often. And, um, when I do keep fish, I do keep any under 10 pounds on my boat. I have a rule, anything over 10 pounds goes back and my clients are allowed to keep anything under 10 pounds. Now me personally, I'll keep about two, three, two, two pound fish, two, two, three pound fish. And that's already plenty of meat for my family. You know, I'll, I'll fry those up, do a little beer batter. And, um, with those fish, I'll feed, I'll feed myself, uh, Bran and Alex, and then also have leftover and send some to my parents, you know? Oh, nice. So, yeah, there's a lot of meat on these fish. People don't, you know, people that aren't used to catfish, they don't realize it. No, yeah, that's like one thing that I've noticed. It's like a lot of people, they talk trash about like catfish, basically. They're like, oh, it's a, it's a trash fish. It's, it's a mud eater kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, honestly, catfish has been some of the best tasting fish that I've had, really. Right. The reason it got that name or, or that that uh, reference as, as a bottom feeder or trash trash feeder is because what happens is the small the small fish they want to get as big as they can quick as possible. So what they're doing is they're they're eating anything and everything that they can just to build body mass. They're scavenging on on anything they can find, really. Anything that'll anything that'll 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 add to their body weight and and their growth, they'll eat it. And once they get to a certain size where they're fairly comfortable that they're not going to get eaten by something else, they they start to get a little bit more picky on what they eat because you know at heart they're predators. Yeah, they're they're hunters. So um, 
that's why when you're fishing with stink baits and shrimp and all that, you're catching a lot of little guys, but not really too many big fish, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason for that is the big fish have already gotten to the point where they're, they want to eat other fish. They don't want to eat dead matter. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Cause it's like, so my, my brother-in-law's sister, she had a small fish tank in her house and we had stuck a small little two or three inch channel cat in there. Mm-hmm. It cleaned out her fish tank. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this thing's a that's two or three, three little inch fish. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They'll do it. They're aggressive. That's uh, so that's one thing. It's like, I've totally understood about catfish is just like, these guys are predators yet. Some of the like smaller channel cats, though they tend to they tend to eat not necessarily live. I've never really caught a channel cat off a of live bait. I've it's only been off of, like stink bait and stuff. Right. And it's just yep. like it's a it's a different experience catching those from from a channel cat to a flathead and using live bait for a yep. flathead. I've I'm I'm still just astonished by it. It's just like it's it's totally new to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I did catch quite a few flatheads off of fresh cut bait, believe it or not. A lot of people will say, you know, live bait is the way to go. And I used to do that, and kind of, kind of started doing a test. You know, I'm going to do live bait versus cut bait and just see what happens. And in my area, and not all areas, everywhere's different, you know. But in my area, it seems like they will hit a fresh piece of cut bait just as much as they'll hit live bait. And so I actually got to the point where I didn't even fuss around with the, with the live bait. I would just bring cut bait and I do quite well. So. Yeah. See, I haven't really tried any cut bait yet. I've only been just doing, um, just like live gill or, or live tilapia whenever I can get some. Right. So there was a video that I seen recently on, a what is it? I think it was like Ziners or something as a bait online bait store. Uh huh. And something that a product on there that you were using or trying to test out on there, the catfish clonk. Does that work? The clonk. The clonk. So, so the clonk comes from, uh, I want to say it's Europe. They, the, the natives developed this, it looks like a like a wooden ladle almost like a spoon type, um, and how that works is they hold it in their hand and they strike it against the water and it makes like a like a thumping sound. And what it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to mimic eating fish. If you've ever been out and you hear you hear the bass eating on shad and you hear that that suction that they make when they strike at the top it's like mm-hmm. a, you know yeah and and that clonk actually Im- imitates that same sound so when you're making that sound you're you're tricking the fish into thinking that other fish are feeding so they get excited and they come out to look and see where where the, these feeding these feeding fish are where the, where's the bait fish so that's how that that works the clonk that's an interesting because like Recently, I'd went out fishing, and 
the area that I was in was one of the canals and it was a pretty good flowing canal, but I was hearing mm-hmm. like noises like that just everywhere on the water. Right. And, like think something was feeding and then I turned my light on and check out the the shore right, right in front of me and there was always something right there that would just take off. You could it would splash water. Yep. I was like, okay, yep. I guess these fish are coming in close for the little bait mm-hmm. that are hanging out in the shallows. Yep. That's exactly right. Uh, believe it or not, one of the things that I started doing is in that little boat of mine, and I don't know if it's ever worked or made a difference, but when the bike gets slow, I've kind of perfected this thing where I, you know how you, you thump with you, you put your middle finger underneath your thumb and you just kind of flick. Yeah. Right. So I'll, I'll put, I'll do that and I'll, I'll put my hand in the water probably right just up to my thumb more or less and then i'll i'll stump the water and it'll make that exact sound and uh i do that just to kind of see if it entices the fish to stop biting or not i couldn't <laughs> tell you if it i couldn't tell you if it ever worked or not but it's definitely something to do when you're bored waiting for a bite <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i have yet to try it like going on a boat yet i've only been doing just shore fishing it's like i have a kayak I just have yet to take it out. <laughs> Get out there, man. You'll find all kinds of cool spots. Guaranteed. Now, that's one thing. It's like I've I've been wanting to explore a little more out here. It's just that it's pretty gosh dang hot out here right now. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I was happy. I was happy the other day because it, it dropped back into the 90s. And then I started thinking, I was like, wait a minute. I'm actually excited that it's in the 90s. That's crazy. <laughs> So I can how you guys are out there. Oh, this weekend we're supposed to get some rain though, so it's like eh, it might be a little humid, but it's gonna be a little cooler. Yeah. Yep. So, the whole fishing rod line, the muddy river rods. What inspired you uh-huh. to kind of come out with those? When I was out fishing, I started targeting bigger catfish. I just never could find a rod that I liked that had everything in one, you know. I'd go out and I'd like the action of this one, but I didn't like the eyelets. I wanted, you know, or this one had a nice handle, but the length wasn't right, or I don't know. There was always something, and I could never find a rod that suited all my needs, especially fishing on the muddy river. And it's, it's like close quarters type thing so a lot of these catfish rods were longer you know seven six seven ten i just they didn't fit in my boat i would try going out with them and uh next thing you know the rod kept sticking out and i come around a corner and i catch a branch and a seven foot six rod turned into like a five foot three rod you know oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so um i decided i wanted a I wanted a rod that suited my needs, and that's when I, I created the flathead rod, and it was a seven-foot medium-heavy action with a nice handle and the guides that I wanted, the real suit that I wanted, and, and then it just took off from there. Now, yeah, it's like I've seen a lot of your rods, and then whenever I've gone over to Joseph's to to pick up some tackle or anything, I've always checked out the ones that he has, and those things are pretty awesome, like, the one recently that I, I think his son won, the like patriotic looking one. Oh yeah, that one I was surprised with that one. That one was really cool. 
yeah, we just I I teamed up with a with a local artist here that he, he's amazing. His name is Luis Navarro, and you look him up on online, and you can see just the phenomenal work that he does. And it's almost like I just don't even understand why he wastes his time on my little art projects when he he's painting just outstanding quality work. He'll do like the um, like the the show cars where mm-hmm. they have murals on on the side of them, or he'll do motorcycles. He'll do he'll do all kinds of stuff. I mean, anything you can think of, and it's just top notch stuff. And when I approach him with can you paint my, can you paint a fish hook on my hat or can, can you, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's a very humble guy, you know, very humble guy. So it, it's worked out quite well. We started doing these custom painted rods. So people come up with some pretty cool ideas. I mean, the stuff we put out there is just, you know, off the top of our heads. And then it, it, it leads the client to use their own imagination. I had one lady, she wanted us to paint, uh, like a galaxy on there, so there was stars and and planets. Oh and wow! Like Milky Way, and then you, you put it under the UV light, and they it just glows and it's so cool, man. That, <laughs> that is cool. Like, <laughs> you know? No, yeah, I've like I seen that one where you did with the the red and like the lightning, and it kind of glue glows as well. Right. That one. Uh-huh. I thought that one was pretty cool too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some, people some, seem to be like some awesome rods there, though, that you got. Thank you. Appreciate I, I, I definitely need to get myself one, though. I've been using just Walmart stuff lately, and it works, but it's nothing probably compared to that one. <laughs> Time for an upgrade, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some of your favorite baits, I guess? Because I've seen you use, like, shad and, like, carp and stuff. Are those, like, some of the main ones, or? Those are the two. Those are the two favorite baits that I have out here. Um, if you guys have watched my videos in the past, I've tried all kinds of them and stuff. Um, you know, I've had I've had people email me back in the day that they had seen some TV show that, where they were using onions for bait. <laughs> So I tried onions, I tried soap, I've, I tried scallops, I've tried stink baits and all kinds of crazy stuff. Shrimp, of course, you know, some of the more common stuff. But um, at the end of the day, I think a lot of, like I was telling you earlier, a lot of the stuff like stink baits, shrimp, and, uh, you know, these other these other baits are are designed, or then just natural for a, a smaller fish to pick those up yeah. for a bigger fish. So, so I started using cut bait, carp, carp, shad, and bluegill are probably the top three baits out here. And that's basically what I stick to because I still want to catch the biggest fish that I could catch. You know? So yeah, I know yeah. that that's, that's going to be their preference and something that they're used to eating. That's cool. That it's like using a certain kind of bait like that, like how you said, the smaller, stinkier baits and whatnot. You're gonna catch smaller fish. Obviously, bigger baits, yeah. bigger fish. Right. So another quick question on here: So how'd you become friends with Joseph? 
how did I become friends with Joseph? That's a, that's a good question. I'm probably the worst guy with the memory. I can't tell you what I did yesterday. <laughs> um, I want to say that Joseph had reached out to me because he was starting up his little bait shop and uh, he was looking to carry some stuff and he was wondering what I would do to, you know, if I could do anything at all. Because he said he had talked to some people uh, some other rock companies and stuff, and they wouldn't even look at him because they, they had minimum orders of X amount that he couldn't afford. And I I told him, yeah, no big deal, man. I'm I'm happy to work with the little guys uh, as well as anybody else. And so he, he started out ordering a couple of rocks for me, and, and I think that's how it all started. That's cool. And we became good friends from there. Yeah, that's... that's... Joseph might have to me if I'm wrong, but I think that's how it started. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's like exact. He mentioned it the other day because we were I was at his house and we were talking to some other couple uh, the customers that were there and he had brought it up and I think that's honestly spot on really. <laughs> yeah, <it's> good. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. I guess what is it? Any crazy stories of something just out of the ordinary that has ever happened while fishing oh man i've I've got so many crazy stories um probably one of the ones that really sticks out was i have a a hurricane deck boat it's a 1989 19 foot hurricane deck boat it came with a and when I started using this boat, I, I thought I was like, I always tell people it's the, it's the cheapest, most expensive boat I've ever owned. <laughs> Bought it for five grand, thought I got a good deal. Next thing you know, it's having this issue, it's having that issue. I got to redo the floor, I got to do the upholstery, ended up having to put a new engine on it, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, I put another 25000 on top of the five and counting still, you know. So, but anyways, long story short, I still love my boat. I'm happy with the way it's turned out. I wouldn't change it for anything. But uh, one day I had these, I had these uh, guys coming out with me and I had told them, I said, listen, it's going to get windy about 10 o'clock. So are you guys cool with that? Because we're going to have to head in. We can't be out here in this bad wind. But yeah, yeah, no problem. If we can fish a few hours in the morning, we'll be good, right? <laughs> so... We head out, we're fishing, catching some fish, having a good time. Like clockwork, 10 o'clock hits, the wind starts picking up. Oh, man. All right, you guys ready? Yeah, let's get out of here. All right. I got to start the motor. So, oh, man, all right, let's see what's going on. So, oh, dang. <laughs> I pop the hood on it, right, and uh, I take the cover off. I'm, I'm trying to see what's going on. The wind starts picking up. The waves are getting crazy. Uh, I can hardly back because it's rocking the boat so much. So I, I said, well, let me throw the anchors down because it's going to wash us up on shore. And uh, so I, I throw out both anchors to hold us in place. And I go back over there and I'm trying to get the motor to start. I got one of the guys, one of the clients trying to start the motor while I'm fumbling around over there. Holding <laughs> the pony so I don't fall off the boat, you know. And oh, jeez. It, it was I can't remember exactly what time of year it was, but it was it was it was time of year where it was still pretty cold. We were in jackets, you know? and uh, 
I look up and the wind's so strong that it's blowing, it's blowing the boat, pulling the boat anchor. So it's still taking us to shore. And I'm thinking, man, we're going to get beat. Good, you know? so, oh, man. <laughs> I, I, tell, I tell these guys, uh, I said, listen, I'm going to, there's nothing I can do right now. Uh, I said, on top of that, we're running out of time because we're about to get washed up on shore. So I, let me think, let me think. I got to think real quick because I knew that once we hit shore, the waves are going to push us on the, on the sand and we're going to be stuck and then they're going to flood the boat. So we would be, you know, out of commission. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, all right, all right, here's, I go, I got a plan guys. I got a plan. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie both my anchor ropes together. That's going to give us 200 feet of line. And I want to, I want the three of you guys to pull that rope and I'll, I'll push the boat back out into the lake and you guys walk it around the poles so that we're getting a little break from the wind and then we'll tie off there and I can work on the motor. I said, okay, okay. So sure enough, man, that boat hits the, hits the beach. We all jump off. I give the guys a rope in that short amount of time. The boat's already beach. I, 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 I can't push it off. Oh, I get in the water. I get in the water and it's freezing cold and I'm trying to rock it off of the, of the bank. And I can't do it by myself. So one of the guys sees that I'm struggling, gets in the water with me. And we end up finally getting it back into the water. As I'm pushing it out, my phone is ringing, right? And it's, and it, and it's, it's a girlfriend and she's calling me and she never calls me. And she, because I don't like getting personal calls while I'm working. You mm-hmm. know? I, I think, I think it's rude to be on the phone when people are paying for my time. So I don't answer the phone. Well, she, she calls, she doesn't call once, she calls like three or four times. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm chest deep in freezing water, pushing this boat <laughs> and like, you know, ro- roaring winds and waves. And she's over here calling me and I'm thinking, what the heck could she possibly want at this time? <laughs> when my boat shut it down and all this stuff is going on, right? Some sort so of emergency. <laughs> I love it. I leave it alone. I get the boat out. We end up walking around, pulling it to the shore on the other side, tie it off. I get back in there. I'm trying to get it to start. It would not start. And I tell the guys, I go, listen, man, we're going to have to call it in. Uh, State Parks is going to have to come pick us up. And I said, okay, no problem. So I call it in. State Parks comes. Now, when you have an emergency like that, State Parks will take you and, and, and the party involved, but they won't tow your boat back in. So they, they take us. My boat stays there. We drive all the way back to the marina. The guys, the guys get off. I'm thinking, oh my god, these guys are gonna freak out. And they're like, dude, this is like the best time we ever had. I go, are you? Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is crazy, but it was awesome. <laughs> all right. So they go on their way, and I'm still thinking, well, I got to get my boat back somehow. Um, so luckily, I have a buddy who, who has a boat, and he keeps it parked in the slip. I call him up. I said, Hey, listen, my boat broke down. Can I borrow your boat to go get my boat? He says, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I, I try to time it right. I want, I'm waiting for the, for the wind and the waves to settle down and it's just not letting up. It's just still roaring. I mean, there's like three, four foot white caps. And finally it seems like it's tapering a little bit, not, not a lot, but enough that I can tolerate it. You know? So I just, jump on my buddy's boat i drive out there i get my boat tied up next to his boat and I, I start heading back well as i'm heading back the wind picks back up right oh 
and I'm I'm hitting these five foot twelves, and it's just like slamming my boat against his boat, and ends up breaking the railing on my boat, and I'm just like, gee, Almighty! I finally get back. So I'm thinking, well, now I got to get my boat on the trailer in this wind with no no propulsion. So I drive right up to the ramp. I jump off. I get hit. I get my boat, and I there's this big old rock right there, and I tie it off to this rock. Jump back in his boat. I go all around to the marina, park his boat. I get off, and I'm walking up. I'm walking up uh, and around to go to get to my boat. I feel, I, I'm, it's, it's up this hill, and I'm walking <laughs> up like I, feel like I feel like Rocky, man. Like, yeah, I did it, you know. <laughs> I'm walking, like I'm just about to put my hands in the air, and I look down, and my boat came untied, and it's starting to drift away, right? Oh like, man! Boom. So I'm in. I'm in like I don't know how many layers of clothes, sopping wet, with like insulated boots on, running over there. I look like that kid from like the Christmas story here. <laughs> <laughs> Just hoping I don't fall down because I don't know if I'll be able to get back up. And I run down there. I, I get on. I run on the dock, and I'm just hoping that that boat comes close enough that I can grab it. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen, man. It's real close. It's real close. And I'm starting to like thinking I'm going to have to dive in, and so I'm getting ready to strip my clothes off, and and it barely comes by the very edge and I end up grabbing the boat. Oh, well, now I'm far away from the ramp again, so I got to use the 200 feet of rope to pull it by hand against the waves back to the ramp, secure it again, finally drive down, get my trailer down there and pull it on by hand and load it up. I finally get the boat on. I drive up to the top of the ramp and I just sit there like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and see what the heck you know so i call her up and she answers the phone i go i go what the heck's going on didn't you know i, I was i was almost drowning out here <laughs> and she's like well we almost burned over here I said, what are you talking about she said the, the neighbor's house caught fire and it and it almost jumped to our house they evacuated the whole block and uh, firefighters came out and luckily they got the fire put out, put out before it jumped to our house like <laughs> Holy, holy. I said, what a day that was. <laughs> oh, man. man. <laughs> but, yeah, long story short, that's the day my engine finally died out, and I had to buy a new one. And uh, on the on the good side, nothing happened to, as far as the fire something to our house. Uh, so we were safe, and, no, and nobody got hurt in, in the fire itself. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> crazy day but yeah that's a crazy day all that happening all at once <laughs> yeah. i know one of, one of my crazy stories was a, a channel cat that i caught in northern california at lake isabella mm -hmm. i had a a channel cat on my line brought it up was showing everybody and next thing you know my line snaps the fish falls off you know how catfish have the little barbs on the fins on the pectoral fins and yep. stuff that barb went right through my swim shorts in my knee through me and out my swim shorts oh man so i had a fish stuck to my knee flapping around <laughs> oh geez. and luckily nope. oh those things hurt <laughs> uh -huh. 
but yeah luckily there was a another fisherman close by that had some pliers because i didn't have any pliers for in the area where i was it was all on the other side of this cove that i was fishing and another guy came up on a float tube and he had some and i was able to clip the the barb off and uh-huh. pull it through to get oh, it out wow, basically <laughs> wow oh but that was painful man oh, i I didn't feel a thing. It was just the adrenaline of being so excited of catching a fish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Good stuff for sure. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. It's like I still got a little scar on my knee, but it's like, that was a good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I hear there might be some, some talk of you might uh, visiting Yuma, possibly. Yeah, I was telling Joseph I'd like to organize something sometime to get down there and just uh, meet all you guys and hang out. Maybe we could do a little little cookout or gathering and do some fishing. I don't know if you guys have a a good area around there where we can gather some people and just hang out and do some hot um, dogs and burgers or something, you know? No, yeah, there's a, there's a few areas. Like, since with Joe working for the, the city, there's some, some parks and stuff that have some pretty good areas where it's like... You can fish at those parks too. <laughs> That'd be fun, man. I, I'd really enjoy that. Just getting out and meeting all you guys. You know, I always appreciate all the all the support, and I know a lot of you guys that support me down there in, in Yuma and Arizona. Area. Oh no, yeah, I'm like I'm surprised just with like this whole nine two eight Flathead Boys Facebook group. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of people on there, and I'm just like just in awe as well of like how many people are still constantly joining and like joseph he he posts and he lets us know every so often and it's just like dang this page is growing quick (laughs) yeah that's good man i'm happy for you guys and me i'm I'm slowly trying to get my my podcast going but it's getting there slowly (laughs) yeah Good deal, man. It's good that you're doing that, man. Get get that information out there. Oh, no, man. It's like really... I I do it mainly just because I enjoy the outdoors. I like talking to people. And then also, in a sense, it's free advertising for for everyone. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. How did you get into the outdoors? Was that your your dad or or your family? Yeah, it was mainly my dad. He... There was times where he was out of work growing up, and basically what he would do, would, he would take me fishing with him when, when he was out of work. Nice. And it's like, ever since I could remember, I've been an outdoors kid, always going camping, fishing, any sort of things like that. Very cool. But it's like, for me, I'm, I'm from California, and just the fishing out there is totally different from the fishing here in Arizona. Right. And, like, just even, like, the fishing technique, too. It's bluegills out here just trying to catch them rod and reel. I have to use other methods of bait compared to out there where I could use, just like, a worm and a mealworm. Uh-huh. Here I'm using, like, bread, tortillas, and things like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, everywhere's different. You know, it's so crazy. Like, uh, there's places I've gone where... Some of my techniques, they just don't work at all, and I got to improvise, you know? No, oh, yeah. It's like I've had to figure that out, too. And it's just like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> Not catching anything. Yep. 
but yeah this this was definitely a good one i i really enjoy actually talking to you um maybe i could pro we can maybe plan for another one and have um joseph on and if anybody else wants to join that'd be great man i appreciate that um any any sort of plugs that you want to plug on here just like i guess nine state flathead boys man you guys check them out <laughs> <laughs> shout outs yeah shout outs nine to eight flathead boys and then also we'll plug you muddy river catfishing check you out on on youtube and tiktok and whatnot i appreciate that absolutely um other than that i think we're we're gonna call it so it's like everyone tight lines and we'll we'll see you next time <laughs>